Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out here on a Pickett's a Football Friday. Time to talk some uh, Green Bay football. They get ready to take on the Vikings this weekend with Dusty Evely from Cheesehead TV. Uh, And anytime we talk about Green Bay on a football Friday, sponsored by Otto's Wine and Spirits with their seven-employee-owned location serving Milwaukee, ottoswineandspirits.com. As we broadcast live from the Wendy's studios, don't forget when the Bucks win, you win at Wendy's. Get yourself a free Frosty within 24 hours after each Bucks victory at participating Wisconsin Wendy's. Uh, Dusty, start off first talking about red zone struggles. Aaron Rodgers brought it up uh, in his press conference this week. Uh, articles written about it, uh, too. Is it as simple, Dusty, as no Devontae Adams and now the Packers can't seem to figure things out? Like, like that's, that, that certainly would be easy, but that's all it is. I think I think there might be more going on. I mean, part of it is I think red zone, red zone scoring is something that, that fluctuates wildly from year to year. You can have the best. I mean, the Packers had, was it 20, 2021? I think it was 2020, uh, the best red zone scoring percentage of touchdowns in history. I think it was like 75%. And then they weren't that good in 2021. And even in 2022, I'm looking at some of this stuff now, they've scored um, 51% of the red zone trips. So they're 24th this year, which is not good. But last year through the entire season, they're 57%. Right. So they weren't lighting the world on fire. And then even then at home, and this is where you get like, you get really the dirt here at home, they're scoring on, 62% of their trips in, whereas yeah. away they're scoring like 43%, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I think red zone, I, I hate to describe it as just one thing. I think there was, there was some issues early, and you're still kind of working through some young guys and Christian Watson being out, and I think the way he impacts the defense, especially down towards the goal line, uh, can't be understated as well. But there's also just, just – just, it varies wildly from year to year, game to game. And so, I mean, just look at these numbers. They're really not that much worse off this year than they were all of last year. And if you look at home, they're better at home than they were last year as well. So uh, I, I think I think Devontae certainly hurts just because of he he gives you that that true ISO guy. Uh, I think the designs have been really fun down there. Um, just some of them haven't been paying off. So I, I think it's as well as things at some you know, at some point that stuff turns around. That's just the, the kind of the nature of the way red zone stuff goes. Um, but they've been better. This past game was was particularly rough. I mean, what was the first? First drive started at the nine, and it's kicking field goal from the 20, yeah. 21, something like that. So I think it was it, it looked really bad this past week, but it's really not been uh, that that bad this year. Uh, just it's slightly worse than it was last year. So I mean, they they, they certainly can pick it up. It's it was not. I don't think it's it's super dire or anything. How about um, looking at it from this 
from this perspective, which is what Rodgers pointed out, that on third down and in red zone, you know, 10 guys may do everything right, but one guy may do something wrong, and that kind of screws up the whole thing. I remember earlier in the season when you and I would talk uh, during the week, and you were seeing obvious wrong routes uh, being ran when you watched the All-22. Are you still seeing obvious blunders on offense by different players? Not nearly as much. I mean, when we were talking earlier, that was, that was specifically a lot of that stuff was wide receivers, and a lot of that stuff seems to be cleaned up. Now, not to point the finger at one simple man, but, um, you know, Sammy Watkins was the culprit on a lot of those, and Sammy Watkins is no longer in the building. But he was not even as bad towards the end of his tenure here in Green Bay. So um, I think a lot, of the, a lot of the wide receiver stuff has been cleared up. I still think you get – this is where then red zone stuff gets, gets a little more wonky um, – you're still seeing some issues with, with the offensive line. Uh, and, and there's been a kind of a rotating cast in there. Uh, you know, with, you know, Nyman missed some time this past week. He got knocked early, and then Bakhtiari's been in and out. And I think for the most part, they've been solid. But you still do get these these moments where uh, you got two guys blocking the same guy and you got a free rusher or something like that. So I don't think it's been as obvious. I think a lot of those really major issues, they've been cleaned up. But, yeah, I mean, the consistency still kind of is not quite there, although that seems like that's more um, – Offensive line at this point more than anything from what I've seen. Let's talk about uh, a couple of rookies on the defensive side of the ball. Earlier in the year, Dusty, you were kind of critical of Quay Walker kind of just not being in the right place at the right time and kind of trying to feel his way through and playing defense and maybe pulling Devondre Campbell back a little bit and hurting Devondre Campbell's uh, production. Then Devondre Campbell gets hurt and more is asked of Quay Walker, including uh, calling the plays. And as the season has went on, Again, from a fan perspective, not somebody that watches a film like you do, I feel like he is playing a little bit more loose and free now than maybe he was earlier in the year and trying to, or finally getting to the point where he's understanding what he's supposed to be doing and not thinking all the time. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, from, from what we've seen, I've not, I've not done like a full look at him, but he seems more comfortable. I think he had, he had kind of a rough day against Miami, which, which teams will, will kind of do, or, or Miami will do to teams because they do so much up front and the speed and all the eye candy before and even post-snap, pre-snap, post-snap, all that stuff. Uh, it kind of messes with the young guy's eyes. And so he didn't have his best game against Miami, but I think he's looked more comfortable. I don't know that the game-to-game consistency is still quite there, but he'll have games where he looks like a wrecker and then other games where he still kind of looks like a rookie. So I think uh, he does seem to be – this is what you kind of want, right, is you want him thinking a little less and reacting a little more. And I think he, as he's gotten a better feel for the game, I think you're starting to see that more. I mean, he's not – He's not there yet. He's still a rookie, um, and you know, obviously, so so he's not going to get all the way there this year. But I do think as each game, and even the games that that he's kind of struggled in, I do think he's shown progress from where he was early in the season. So I still think he's got some work to do for, uh, you know, IDing some of that, especially some of that pre-snap kind of jet stuff, and where you're reading his keys and looking at that motion, kind of how that messes with him a little bit. Like he still has issues with that. But for the most part, he is kind of moving off of that a little quicker and, and getting to the play a little better. So I, I've been I've been encouraged by what I've seen. I don't think he's a finished project project by any uh, any stretch of the imagination, but I've been encouraged by, by his um, development over the year for sure. You think he would be better outside than he is playing a majority of the time inside? Because we've seen him outside some as of late, too. I don't know about better. I mean, I do think his best position is inside. I, I think outside, I mean, for me, you know, I don't, I don't know about all the intricacies of everything, but I do think outside sometimes you can turn your brain off a little bit more and uh, and you can just read and react. And right. so maybe for a younger guy, that is that is a position where you get a little more immediate impact there just because you, you can, you know, go that way, point and shoot kind of thing. But uh, I do think his best position 
is inside. Um, and, and that's, and then that's the question, right? was like, do you, you take your lumps now as a rookie or do you kind of like, well, we play him where he can make the biggest impact now. And then we kind of teach him, you know, take the off season, hope he gets a little better, but you still do need those reps. So I think the best position inside, um, I do like what I've seen outside, even when they've got him like mugged up in the A gap there. I think he's shown some really fun stuff, but I, I, I don't think I mind putting him in the middle and just saying like, listen, you, you gotta, you're going to have to figure this out eventually. Let's just do it now. Even if, even if at times it does look kind of ugly. What about the Packers' uh, other first-round pick, Devontae Wyatt, the defensive lineman out of Georgia, first half of the year, non-existent for the most part. Packer fans uh, were getting, I think, frustrated by the fact that he wasn't on the field making an impact. Now here lately, uh, starting to make a, a little bit more of an impact with Lowry now on the IR. We'll definitely see more of him the rest of the year. Yeah, I really like him, and I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if, if in the off season, there's you know something comes out about like was well, conditioning was it where it needed to be or something like that. Like I, I don't, and maybe this is just me being optimistic. I don't think that why it was not on the field uh, because you know he wasn't looking good. I think maybe he just wasn't quite ready to play at the at the level that they were kind of hoping he was going to play from potentially a conditioning standpoint. That's just that's just something. Uh, I'm thinking from my standpoint, but I mean, he's looked good when he's been on the field and he's looked better lately. I mean, limited snaps early, so it's hard to tell. He looks good when he's out there. He's pushing the pocket. He seems like he knows what he's supposed to be doing. His pers- he's got a great motor um, as far as like if he's away from the play, he's he's always pushing after it. Good pursuit. I'm a big, big, I, I was, this is the guy now that we're seeing that we were hoping it was going to get, you know, 50% of the snaps from, from week one um, and kind of displace uh, Dean Lowry and then, you know, Jerron Reed and Reed's look a little better lately, but that, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I think, I think Wyatt is turning into that guy that we hope he was going to be from the jump. It's been really exciting to see. It seems like every time he's out there, you see his name, you see him flashing, you see him doing something. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does uh, with, with some more snaps with, you know, it, it sucks when a guy gets injured. So you hate seeing Dean Lowry go on IR, but this does open the door. Four more, Wyatt. I'm, I'm really thrilled to see what he's going to do with them. With that being said, uh, and Dean Lowry, who knows if he'll be back next year or not. I would assume not, but who knows. Um, yeah. Defensive line still an area of need in your mind going into the offseason? I mean, I think it always is. I mean, and you look at it now, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, I mean, Kenny Clark, and, and Kenny Clark has really turned it on. He had a rough beginning of the season. I don't know if he was nursing an injury or something, but Kenny Clark is obviously the big guy there. But Reed, I think Reed's on a one-year deal, if I'm not mistaken, and he is flash. He's been better lately, but he's not been – terrific and then if you've got Wyatt in the middle that's really good but I mean my my where I'm at as far as like building a team on either side of the line I'm I'm always looking at the line I, I don't really care too much about inside linebacker um obviously we hope Quay Walker's gonna be good but I think the inside of the line kind of can drive a whole lot or just the defensive line in general can drive a whole lot so if you're looking at going into next year with I don't know Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt and, and, you know, hopefully TJ Slayton takes another step or something like that. I still think you want some more guys, at least one more guy, one or two more guys for like rotation or, or whatever you can do with that. So I do think it's, I do believe it's still an area of need that they that they should, I'm, I think you should always be looking to upgrade that, that portion of your team. So I'm always going to say, yes, absolutely. That needs, that's going to need some more views on that. Kind of like an edge rusher, always looking at edge rushers as well. It can never uh-huh. be too deep. And you can see that this year, obviously, uh, with the Packers, they lose to Darius Smith in the offseason. He's went on to have an incredible year with the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers now get the Vikings uh, coming up this week. You know he's going to be fired up to play this game. You know the Vikings are going to be fired up. They're not even the favorite in this game. The Packers are favored by three and a half points uh, at last check. I-, I think a lot of Packer fans are under the assumption they're just going to beat Minnesota. They're going to beat Detroit and figure out a way uh, to get into the playoffs. 
Uh, is this game against Minnesota one that should be assumed to be a victory for Green Bay because it's at Lambeau Field, even though it's going to be rather warm up by uh, December standards, January standards? <laughs> I never assume victory. Um, I mean, I will say, you know, late in the year, Kirk Cousins in Lambeau, and then typically, you know, it could be as easy as just typically the, the Packers and Vikings split this series. So the Vikings already got one, so the Packers are do one. I mean, I, I never assume victory in any of this stuff and divisional rivals and the way – the way the Vikings are playing, which you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're a great team, but man, they're they're, they're pulling out some some pretty insane wins. So you can, I mean, you can be up twenty points and, and you can't count them out. So, I I I'm of the mind. I think the Packers win this, just because I think where they are offensively. I think if if I don't think I've seen if Watson's playing yet. I still don't, don't think they know, uh, but if Watson's playing, I think for sure they win this. Because uh, I think what he gives them on offense uh, is good. Without him, the offense becomes a little more condensed. I'm excited to see if they bring out Bo Melton, if Watson can't go, just for that, the little bit of that speed element. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. Um, but it, it is it is one of those things. I think where the Vikings defense is, which is currently not good, and with the Packers offense kind of coming together a little bit, I believe the Packers are going to win this. Like I, I feel pretty good about the Packers winning this, but I, I never assume victory because, I mean, we've seen some – Weird things happen, and this has not been the best, most consistent season for the Packers. So it, it, it could go either way, especially with the way the Vikings are playing. But I think that the, especially against this Vikings defense, I think the Packers offense could really get rolling, specifically if, if Watson's healthy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee uh, sounded certain that David Bakhtiari was going to play, and he was limited participation uh, participant in practice uh, this week too. With him coming back, uh, with Elton Jenkins' newly assigned contract extension, I just feel like they run the football better when they have Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on that left side. Nothing mm-hmm. having to do with Zach Tom. So if there is no Watson, you would hope uh, that the ground game would be more of a featured element this week. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, I would think it would be. Um, and I think it will be. And I think some of that also depends on the health of Aaron Jones. I mean, he didn't, I didn't look at a snap count. Uh, he didn't play as much. I know there's there's a whole lot of I saw some people talking about like it's like Mike McCarthy never left with with Aaron Aaron Jones not getting a ton of touches this past week. He's still nursing something. They were working on him on the sidelines. He injured himself in that Rams game. So I think you know with with Jones in there playing his regular Jones staff, I think they lean into that that running game a little more heavy, and I think he does well. But Dylan's been coming along, and I really like how Patrick Taylor runs. So I think regardless of the health of Jones, I do think that's something that they should lean into. And I think they will lean into, like you said, especially if Bakhtiari's healthy. Tom, I really like Tom, but yeah, definitely better as a pass protector at this point in his career than, than the run blocker. But run to the left side, run to the right side if Nyman's in there. I, mean, I do think they'll be able to find success there. I just, I hope that Jones is, I don't know, 100%, 85%. Just get Jones like that that healthy because that, that he does so much for their run game, um, even with the blocking there. He gets stuff that Dylan and Taylor just don't. So I, it, I think it, if they want to be good on the ground and really shred them on the ground, I think a, a very healthy, or at least a pretty healthy Aaron Jones uh, is one of the big keys of that, along with Bakhtiari coming back. Dusty Evely, follow him on Twitter at Dusty Evely. Always a fun follow. He writes for Cheesehead TV, Pack Report, because, and of course, does the Pack a Day podcast. Always got to check out that, too. They do a great job over there with the Pack a Day podcast, Andy Herman and crew. Dusty, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. You betcha. Take care. Always fun talking with Dusty Evely week to week throughout the Packers season. Don't forget Kurt and Long podcast, Ryan Horvath and myself. Download that today three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can download it starting at 5 p.m. Central Time. If you haven't checked it out yet, do give it a, a, a listen. I think it's a pretty fun and entertaining show with Ryan and myself. Spotify, Odyssey, Apple, Google Podcasts, available wherever your favorite podcasts are. Again, Kurt and Long. Have a good weekend. Have a good New Year's. Toodles!
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.